Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Gina. And I'm Jason. And this week it's Berlin Nali week Ooh. in Berlin, which is where we are. Uh, which means we get to be like cool movie reviewers and go to premieres um, with our regular tickets, the mm. same as what everyone has. Yep. Um, we're not VIPs. <laughs> uh, but we do get to see new films. And this week we saw uh, Wes Anderson's new film, Isle of Dogs. So Isle of Dogs is set in a dystopian near-future Japan in which uh, all the dogs in the city of Megasaki have caught dog flu and have had to be quarantined on Trash Island, which for the record has a lot of trash on it. Um, It's all kind of a complicated conspiracy involving a sort of cat-loving political elite. Um, Typical. Generally, yeah, you just, you know, cat people. Um, but generally the, the population of the city doesn't seem to mind that all their pets have had to be um, transported to this horrible, like, place filled with trash. Um, apart from one boy named Atari Kobayashi who decides to go on a kind of a crazy journey to try to find his dog spots on the island. Uh, and when he gets there, he runs into... Wes Anderson's standard ensemble cast of characters who in this movie all play dogs um, and really, you know, awesome animated fun ensues. So, Jason, let me ask you, this is Wes Anderson's second animated film. Did you get the sense that he'd learned a lot from Fantastic Mr. Fox? Um, definitely. This film, uh, this film rather, is uh, has a much more sprawling um, scope, I think, than uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And so I think it was actually... Uh, it almost seems like a, a calculated choice that he made to have his first foray into stop motion be something that was based on a relatively short children's book, something that had a lot of pre-built imagery and characters already built in. And, you know, sort of learning some of the craft and the technique uh, applied a lot of those lessons to this film, which is much more of a completely original production. I think he wrote the screenplay and worked on the story with a lot of his, you know, typical collaborators um, it feels very realized um, aesthetically. It, you know, it, it does a lot of you know just great things with how it's put together, and it, it feels very just fun and it's just really fun to watch. And I was actually thinking, like, what other director could even pull off a film like this? Because uh, a lot of the other sort of forays into this stop motion thing, which seems to be kind of, I don't know, I, it, it seems like it's bubbling up every now and again. Um, but like for example, Anomalisa. Um, the Charlie Kaufman film uh, really it just felt weird it didn't really feel like it was it worked that well um, the only other director I was thinking of that could maybe do this these days would maybe be like Tim Burton you know he's a bit past his prime mm. but um, it does seem like you know this is it works really well for um, for his aesthetic um, which I think was was quite interesting uh, that he was able to pull together a film this complicated um, and have it feel like such one piece, uh, didn't you? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you just can't imagine like how 
many production designers it took and how many like hours and hours of just planning every single little detail um it must have taken uh because it's a yeah it's a completely sort of fantastic world so at the same time it's kind of very real uh it's sort of very beautiful but kind of very you know functional for the story that it's telling so yeah it's pretty incredible um how do you think it sits like with his oeuvre because this is say an animated film but it's like it definitely you know in terms of the story arc the characters it's a journey film it's very similar to you know pretty much every other film he's made um is he just kind of like working off a template now or did this actually kind of add something new um a little bit of both i would say um I think that the the new aspect of it would be that it I wouldn't, even not this isn't really new because I think that Moonrise Kingdom kind of dealt with this, um, and by dealt with this I mean like it didn't really deal with like the the main thing that all of his films deal with, which is like this sort of semi washed up uh, male character who is kind of coming to grips with his uh, uh, sort of masculinity, you know, flowing out of his pores in old age. Um, and it's kind of, you know, trying to, you know, maintain a grip on like what his place in the world is. A lot of his films are about kind of like reaching back for this moment of prime. That's, that's just, um, that you've just crossed basically, or you've crossed a bit ago. Well, it's also the, the only one of his films that's set in the future, which is kind of interesting. It's set in the future, you know, all the main characters are kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a real kind of, you know, kids rule the world sort yeah. of um that's kind of the point of it really yeah that's true it is much more yeah focused on the kids which i think why maybe moonrise kingdom is the closest uh thing i can think of that he that you know it, it seems the, the most spiritually um similar to this is probably aimed at kids as well in a way i mean i think this is like a, a typical kind of you know it's a movie can be for kids for adults yeah it is uh i was watching it trying to think that as well because it, it also seems that uh you know, everybody who watches Wes Anderson's films like sort of wants to be a kid again in a way. Like they want this this aesthetic. Um, I was trying to think of like how because it did feel like a kid movie for adults as opposed to a kid movie for kids. It felt like a movie that adults would want to see and they could bring their kids as opposed to mm. a movie that kids <laughs> want to see and their adult their adults their parents um, will adults also enjoy some parts childhoods yeah. or at least the childhoods they kind of wish they had maybe instead yeah. of the real ones. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, as far as, you know, can, is this, is it doing anything new with this? I, I don't know. And that's kind of, um, a little bit of something I I wonder about with him as a director. Um, because I don't know about you, like that it, it sort of seems like he's been doing this for a while and, um, like, I don't know, do you, what would you like to see him do if not this? Yeah, it does kind of feel like he's playing it safe a little bit. Um, and it's it's a weird criticism to me because, you know, you feel like such a kind of a, a spoiled sort of, uh, I don't know, fan or, or movie viewer when you're like, well, you know, it's great, but it's just great the it's same not way great that enough. all his yeah. other films were great. But you do get the sense that with someone like as talented and as kind of original as Wes Anderson is, like he could definitely push some boundaries um, in terms of perhaps, you know, not not the visual stuff, which, you know, he's got down pat. Um, but in terms of the kind of story he tells, um, and what kind of puzzles me about um, his sort of, uh, you know, his his filmmaking career is he's kind of almost gone in reverse. You know, his first movies were all kind of serious in a way, like they were funny, but they had this like kind of dark and and sad center that usually had to do with family 
or, um, you know, as you sort of said, disappointments and, you know, it's kind of, they were really like very adult, like very mature films in a way. And sort of from Moonrise Kingdom onwards, he sort of seems to have like kind of gone in reverse and he's mm. kind of increasingly making films that um, are just, you know, incredibly sweet and very, you know, kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but they don't really have anything meaty in them, you know? They don't really have, uh, they don't really deal with any kind of difficult um, subjects, you know, with the exception of maybe Grand Budapest Hotel, which I think is kind of a, it's, it's sort of an exception to his sort of later Mm-hmm. films um yeah so i would i would kind of like to see him have maybe you know different characters more complex characters i mean i think like uh you know he could really have more interesting women in his films for example like i think all the films that had angelica houston in them were great because they had you know as this kind of um in the center this like interesting intelligent but sort of you know mysterious kind of strong woman and i'm not saying like every film has to have that mm-hmm. Um, but that that kind of made them quite interesting. It gave them like this really interesting balance. Um, but it seems that the past few films he's made, like all the all the women have been these kind of more lady in the lake, sort of unattainable yeah. goddess kind of figures that were pretty two dimensional. And it's just you know I've, I've got nothing against that, but it's just a bit boring. You know? feel like you could do a bit more. What did you actually think about the Kate Blanchett's character in uh, Life Aquatic? If you remember her. Yeah, I thought she was she was a really interesting character yeah. too. Yeah, that she was kind of portrayed in this way that is more of like this um, maybe this uh, ooh this really mysterious. Um, you never really know what's going on. She keeps things close to the chest, but she still manages it. that character. Is I think yeah, but she's deeper. mysterious in a different way to to Nutmeg the dog in this one <laughs> played by Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, um, Nutmeg, a uh, very complex character. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, in Life Aquatic, she, yeah, she's got this, like, clearly this backstory that you never find out about. Mm, uh, you know, she's a, a tough Well, you know, Nutmeg was a show dog. Nutmeg was a show dog, as she keeps reminding us. Yeah. Um, as if she doesn't look like it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, she, that's, yeah, it, it, obviously not just Angelica Houston. I mean, she was a really interesting character. I mean, Margaret Tenenbaum, also pretty interesting, mm-hmm. even though she kind of tends more towards that sort of mysterious kind of... Yeah. Yeah, manic definitely. Pixie Dream Girl. But, you know, I, I feel like he's just kind of, he's not trying, maybe. He's just kind of almost saying with his films, like, well, I don't get women, so I'm just yeah. not going <laughs> to not gonna write complicated characters for them. Um, so, yeah, again, it's not really like a criticism, but if, if you were to ask me what I would like to see, it would probably be more of that. Yeah. And I think I would like to see him just make a film where he attempts to use uh, less than 25 characters. Because <laughs> uh, it does feel, it does, I mean, I know that he really has a thing for, you know, stagecraft and it, it all, it's it's very much theater um, with these big casts and big numbers and <laughs> almost. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to see more of a, some put some limitations on himself, I guess, and uh, see what he can do with that. Because I thought he could, you know, could really pull out some cool stuff because he's just a really good writer, I think. I mean, a lot of the dialogue he writes is just so uh, unique. Um, it, it's very... Well, all the dialogue in this was in Japanese and uh, was never translated, yeah. which is kind of a really interesting technique, but... You yeah, know. that's true. And he, so he has these good like instincts, I guess, with how do you use dialogue? Um, how do you use like when two characters are talking to each other and um, do something kind of new with that? 
And there's so much you can do with that that I don't think it necessarily has to have as big of a stage that he always gives it. Um, but at the same time, it's like really fun. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, it is interesting. Like he, um, his movies are so, uh, so him. I mean, they all have this very strong Wes Anderson stamp. And, you know, he has been quite innovative, um, especially with style. And yet, it, in a weird way, like, you can't imagine him inspiring any other filmmakers, you know, not because it's not inspiring, but because it feels like nobody could try to follow in his footsteps without just copying yeah, him straight he's, out. He's laid claim to an amazing swath of uh, just, like, his own branded aesthetics. Yeah, and uh, techniques, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I mean, even, and it, it's amazing how much he's able to propel himself, like, into into pop culture, just by virtue of having that aesthetic, which I, it maybe just came around at the right time. Mm. I can't really quite figure that out. But, you know, you read, read like, you know, travel magazines or like this uh, hotel is just like the Grand Budapest Hotel or yeah. 10 bathrooms yeah. that look like wow. <laughs> 10 bathrooms that were inspired by Wes Anderson, even if they weren't. Yeah, um, yeah totally. I mean, well, that, that seems to be like where the influence from his films has gone. It's kind of just sort of bled into popular culture and and aesthetic but it is also i think that is one of his greatest strengths because i think that enables him to make a film like this and we talked before about how i mean really complicated film to make uh especially with all the attention to detail a lot of the planning that must have gone into it um and have it all to feel like a unified whole um he has this ability i guess over the time to he's just atomized himself (laughs) <laughs> inside like all these people who work for him such that I can imagine that he doesn't actually have to do a whole lot of handholding these days because everybody knows what a Wes Anderson film is supposed to look like and feel like. And um, I think that he is probably an art director at this point mm. of his like his own, you know, aesthetic. Yeah, you can imagine that like in another universe where um Wes Anderson doesn't become a filmmaker, he probably becomes like one of those kind of artists who makes tiny things, you oh, know, yeah. like they make like a tiny kitchen with food <laughs> or um a like tiny clock. houses, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one cuckoo clocks. Definitely. He yeah. would definitely be like a clock repairman. <laughs> but only for for cuckoo clocks. Yes, exactly. Um yeah. Speaking of clocks, um, we should probably wrap it up here. Uh, it's Isle of Dogs. Go see it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's going to be out in the States in March, I think. Yeah. Uh, March 23rd and everywhere else at some other time. And that's it for us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.